merit. Through some traffic here. The Bombers having to think their way out. Snelling to Francis. Francis got to be good to Parrish. He is. Got the run of shield. This is impressive again as they build the Bombers from halfback. Beautiful little kick over Dr. Smith. Smith can go inside. Rounded him up, Powell. But got it to Perkins. Electric play for the Bombers from their back end. It's a good description, BT. Electric. Their hands are so sharp and they've got runners. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 141. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone, uh, great to be back. Coming from a great win against the uh, the Gold Coast Suns, 68 points, 98 to 30. Uh, we always love good professional wins, and that's now almost 8-1 and one now against teams we're favourites against. So it's been uh, a very encouraging year uh, for a side historically that likes to lose to these teams. We, yes. It's our fourth win over 10 goals, uh, and it's, you know, it, it's a terrific result considering the stakes. Sometimes you can play nervous and, and when they have expectation – you know, down at the Cattery as well. Down at the Cattery. You know, if we're being honest, the first quarter wasn't pretty uh, mm-hmm. and Truck was pretty <laughs> self-explanatory on these after after post-game show on that. Uh, then we just clicked into a whole different gear. We, got, we were professional enough to change the way we played uh, and we just obliterated them, to be, to be honest, after yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> so. we had better players everywhere. Um, and and much better players in the likes of um, Parish Merritt and Stringer. Yeah, and and it's probably good to mention so much again. You know, we we're talking about the the dogs game, and that was a really significant moment uh, the previous week against the dogs. We saw the Draper effect, and, and I felt like this is the first time he's done it. He's carried on his form, uh, and yeah. he, and he's had a, yeah. a major presence again. Uh, and it's great to have if he can start doing that a little bit more consistently. Gee, we become a dangerous team because Parish Stringer and Merritt are just are in gold form. They're dominating at the moment, and you're right. Like the um, Sammy has, he's improved. He he doesn't go missing as much. He's getting a lot of the tap work right, putting it down Jakey's throat. That um that great play, if they've got an undersized ruckman on him to just pound it forward. Um, and let Dylan Shield run onto it. Love that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, Sammy, Sammy is is raw. As Scotty and I were talking about him going, he's still he's still very 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 raw as a footballer. But and we all know that Ruckman take ages to come along. But he's 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 using his assets now, which I love to see. He's using all 105 kilos to bounce around in packs and 
making it dangerous for midfielders to go near the ball. He's tap working. You see him in packs. You see him taking marks, pops up for a goal maybe or, or around the ground. So, yeah, Sammy is the like, – Parrish and Merritt and Stringer, they're all working their rear ends off in the middle. Um, but Sammy's really starting to support him now, which is great. No, exactly. And, you know, the guy who's feeding and, and you know, Darcy Parrish, again, just a, a fantastic game where we do, you know, the Essendon Football Club to have what I think now is getting close to a top five midfield group it, it, is – it's, I mean, it's so encouraging. The, the, you know, I tweeted a few things out today, just the how much this club has changed and is still changing as the year's gone on. And we've won eight of the last 13. Uh, we're now, I think, second in scoring the AFL, third in um, offense efficiency. Since the Fremantle game around round nine, we're now seventh in, we're seventh in defense. Um, so we've, we've started to actually, you know, we're normally like 15th or 16th. So we've started to actually really resurrect that aspect with a, with a really good back six group. Uh, and we're just doing, you know, we're just, our improvement is just insane. Like it's, it's for us to be sitting in eighth spot is such a testament to the whole club, uh, and, and truck and the players inside of a year. Inside of a year to turn around the club from where we were to a genuine finals team because we're like Scotty and I were talking before the show and we're not limping in like we beat Collingwood this week by a decent margin, mate. We're flying into the finals. We're we're flying in with with good form and to to turn around a club as quickly as Truck has and build. It's taken a whole year, but he has built consistency of game plan. And the players know what they need to do. And we see the same four-quarter efforts, which I am absolutely loving at the moment. Yeah, it's historically we've when we've made finals, we've had that kind of limp in feel. And and you and you know, if you a lot of Essendon fans that are being honest, they're kind of going, Oh, I don't feel like we're really a top eight team and we're no, kind of and then you it. get pumped. And it just doesn't feel to me at the moment. I I, I had a Good conversation um, with even people who know on Blitz Nackers. <laughs> so hey Nackers, um, even today and, and and we're talking and and I said to him, you know what? The thing I love at the moment, we're in eighth spot, and I actually think we're a top eight team. And yeah. I said, I said psychologically that you know that's something new for me. That I go, no, this team is good. Like this team is, at the moment, uh, especially winning eight the last thirteen, you know, and only losing seven under sixteen or under. They're 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 hard to beat. And, and right at the moment, it feels like they're a group that really embraces winning and demands excellence and, mm. and demands a lot from each other. They pull each other up. Um, and it's a pretty driven group. And I don't really know what the next few weeks holds. Like I, I, I would go into this first final if we did make it. I'll say if we did make it because we've still got some – ticks and boxes to, to do, but I would go into it quite comf- comfortable and go, look, I think we can take it up with whoever we play. And I think that's really clear that the players are thinking that way as well. You made a really good point to me because I've I've sort of mentioned on the last pod that I, I worry whether or not we should be making the finals in the first year and new coaches, new game plan, new everything. Uh, I just thought, wouldn't it be nice to just finish off a year with however many wins we're going to have, um, 
finish ninth or something like that, or yeah, finish ninth, finish off the year, pumping the um, the dirty pies, um, and just send the boys off on a high for the year. Off your pop on your holiday break, boys and girls. Congratulations on a great year, and then come back next year with um, Caldwell and Shield and everybody running across the ground and really go after a premiership next year. I just thought it would be a good um, springboard into next year to finish off the year well and just finish. But I think Scotty's right, and he said that it's clear that the players aren't thinking like that. The players want more wins, and they know what more wins means. More wins will mean eighth position and playing fifth, which will probably be Brizzy or Sydney or somebody like that. And they want to go in there and play them. They want to play them and and potentially beat them. So I, I like the fact that the boys are, they're not taking their foot off the accelerator. They're we're working hard to the very last game, clearly. Um, and it, it could translate into, I'll tell you what, mate, they beat number five, the fifth ranked team in the first round of the finals. Look out, <laughs> look out, because there will be boys walking around with beer kegs on their chest. They'll be that puffed up. And the next team they play will be in all sorts of trouble because the, the boys will be up and about. I was thinking today, Around about round 10, right, I reckon we did a show and I said, just imagine, Grant, at the start of the year, if I said, you know, we would this have this much hope around 10 and, and see yep. Walla was going through the roof and Coxie was looking great. And now, I could say the exact same thing from round 10 to now round 22. Imagine I said, Grant, at round 22, we are playing so well that we've omitted Cox and, yes. man- and managed yes. Walla and managed yeah. Walla. I said that's and, a- and Perkins like just in and out of the side and yeah I agree that's that Hooksy yeah that's- and Hooksy the leading goal kicker by the way isn't playing and <laughs> no. Harry Jones uh, one of our best marking options isn't playing either yeah and Lane- and Coldwell Coldwell's not playing Langford's so it's not playing but but we are tailing up teams uh, like, and and that's where we're properly at. tailing them up yeah and and so it's it's just been. Uh, uh, it's a pleasure of a season is what it's been. <laughs> yeah, for, for a, a, a crappy season in all sense and purposes in our lives, oh, yep. it's, you know, it's been a, just such a, a saving grace that this football club has found itself. And, and, in and, the hardest of conditions. And, the, you know, you, you say the word like, oh, gee, we've got a great, I think we've got a great future. But to say it, in the depths of your heart and actually really go, no, I actually know that we've got a yeah. great future. It, it's something new and it's something great to go, no, we are really good. Like we are, we're going to be a very good football team. This is legit now. And if I'm, if I'm hundred percent honest, we get Stringer, Shield, Saad, Smith, we get McKenna, we get all of these guys. Like when, when Essendon was the destination club of choice, because we were in the window and we were on the way up and, Shield Smith Sard that was going to put us over the top and where we go. Da, 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 da. I was I was in. I was bought in, mate. To get those three blokes to come to the club when they could have gone anywhere else was a big deal. Um, and we were we we had some better talent on the park and we got Coldwell as well. And it was really encouraging. If I'm hundred percent honest, even with those blokes arriving at the club and playing reasonable footy and that sort of stuff, I didn't have back then the level of confidence I have now in the club's ability to be to be good, to really yeah. contest for a premiership in the next two to three years. Yeah. Like yeah. I really genuinely look at Cox and Perkins. We've got some another draft pick coming this year. 
Coldwell back, Jones, Langford. We have got a real core and Parrish and Merritt just dominating at the moment, which is what you need. And the stats, we'll go into the stats after the break, but that's one of the key things to, to understand in this stat book too, is that there were no passengers uh, on the weekend too. So how about we go for a break? Yep. Um, and we'll come back and we'll run through some stats. Sounds good. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then. Can I can I be rude and, and say, I was going to bring up this topic, but I forgot. And it was probably a, a more first segment topic. But I thought I, I need to bring up this topic and just get your thoughts. And right before we go. So I was having a think about that today because so much of the narrative right has been more the, the Jones, Cox, Perkins. Uh, you know, the youth is really driving change and 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 you know we're seeing hope uh i i i want to put it to the audience and i'm happy to get your feedback as much as i think that's a, a worthy conversation to be had i think for me the reality on field of this club going to a whole new level is if you have a look at the 23 to 26 year olds in this club so we for years have said Man, we need this group to go to a new level. It was taking a while. Darcy Parrish. Let's who'd have, and that's big. Who'd have thought with his 15 possession games and stuff that he would go to that next level? Yeah, yeah. I mean, not just his insane level, but let's roll off some names. Darcy Parrish, right? It's gone from elite elite midfielder it's now. It's crazy now. Jaden Laverde, who was honestly was People you and fans, let's all be honest. We were, it was either being trade talk or does he play next year? Or now he's a top seven player at the club. But honestly, too, on his day, Jaden Laverde had the potential to be the most talented player out of that group of Parrish and Langford and Laverde and that. He had the ability with his size and mobility and all that sort of stuff to be the best player out of that group. And all of a sudden, whatever truck did, and whatever Gia did and those boys, like whatever they've done to that kid, he looks like he owns that position now. Yeah. Uh, so Mason Redmond is in that group. Drafted yep. similar. Again, gone to a whole level level. Cole Langford. Confidence. Cole Langford we've known about. Um, Love him. Favourite of the favorite of the show. Yep. Love him. Jordan Ridley's in that group of that age bracket. Obviously, we know what we're going to get. Elite. Will Snelling's in that group at the age group. Gone, yep. gone to a whole new level. Even from last year, he's gone to a whole new level. Thank now, you, Adrian Dodoro. And you still think the 23 to 26-year-olds, right? Peter Wright is in that group. Yep. To- totally transformed his career this year. Yep. So, and there's, you can go on a few more names, but what it's showing is something has gone right with the coach either in development or the coach having giving players enormous self-belief for them to go up, I wouldn't say a one That's level, it for me. two levels. That's it for me. Yeah. Uh, there's a clarity of their role, and and there's someone is driving tremendous self belief in their own ability that they've just gone to a whole new level. And and I really think that 23 to twenty six year age bracket has been on field 
the whole transformation of this club because those levels that they've gone to are insane. And, and it's just made us just gone from, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're probably the seventh or sixth best club in the AFL now. Like, yeah. if I'm being honest, it feels that way to me and I'm not trying to be over-optimistic, but it just feels like we're really good and we've got a lot of guns to still show off with the Colwells and Langfords and all them Jones and uh, even at the moment. But it's it's been a tremendous effort uh, from, from Truck and Carousella and Gia to get a message of real self-belief. And that's the – I agree. It's the self-belief path for me because – Darcy Parrish was pick five and he's a very talented kid. Um, Langers was pick seven or whatever it was. He's a very talented, big, tall kid who looks good whenever you see him out on the field and stuff. And Aaron Francis hasn't quite come on as much, but even he's improved um, a, a fair bit in his time at Essendon. Um, how hard do you reckon that is for Truck? We say it like it's just, that's a good effort by Truck and Kara and Gia. To, to turn the club around, man, when, when they took over, we were no good. We <laughs> were no good with good players, man. And as much as John Worsfold helped us out, but he didn't leave us in a good place, mate. And, and the club was not in a good place and the administration and the coaching staff and the footy operations, it was not in a good place. And then the president has come in with a medium to large size broom and went, I'm listening to everybody. I'm going to, it's just like something straight out of PricewaterhouseCoopers how-to book. <laughs> they walked in and they did an assessment. They asked everybody that had an input into it and they made the changes that was requested by the club. They got listened to. Gia and 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 Cara and, and Truck have put together a game plan that clearly makes sense. Now, anybody that's worked a lot of, in their life, it's very difficult to instigate meaningful change in an organization with 50 odd blokes running around in it, that kind of change where we are now a definite top eight team, that change in the period of time that it's happened is staggering in my opinion. And truck and car and the coaching staff and the president and everybody at that club deserves a massive congratulations at the end of the year. Because if we get beaten the first round of finals and we don't make it, then I'm, I'm not. This is one of the ones where I'm not going to go. Oh, we got beat. This is one of the ones where we went running into the finals. And I bet you a million bucks, no one wants to play us. Bet you a million bucks, no one wants to play us. So I agree with you, mate. It's it's just the turnaround in what we wanted to see is staggering. So, mate, huge congratulations. Yeah, and you know, I actually saw a stat today uh, that we're third in the AFL in winning fourth quarters. Just a little thing. But it tells you thing, we're, we're running we're running out of the games really really well. We're we're actually equal. I think fifth if I I'm trying to remember my own stats here in the first quarters. So the second and third could do some some tidying up. But uh, but but we're being prepared to play well by the coaching group, and we're finishing the game off well by the fitness staff. The and second, that's it. The, the fitness is a biggie. Yeah. So. It's just there's so many. The more I look into data, where where Essendon's at, it's just so many ticks. So let's go through the game. A, a fantastic game. The Suns, professional win. They did their job. Uh, Down I don't the think, I don't got think in there, can, got out. Yeah, I don't think you can go past Jakey's five goals. Because uh, <laughs> I I, yeah. I posted in the Facebook page. He, he's 
Is he, a, is he a top 10 player in the AFL? That's a question. to be. People were debating. I heard Brian Taylor when somebody said, oh, is Jakey going to get All-Australian? What? He damn well better. He has dominated every game he's played practically. Like he's been out for a while. Maybe that might um, uh, count against him. But in the back half of this year, there has been no more dominant mid, like midfield clearance player. And then... On top of that, just that alone is valuable to a club. That's why Tom Liberatore, who couldn't run out of sight on a dark night, is the second best, I think now you were saying, the second best clearance player in the AFL. And they will you'll get an entire career out of being a clearance player because it's so important. Jakey's doing that. He's hitting dudes on leads when he's running out of the square. And then just when you need Jakey in the forward line a little bit. 36 goals. Doesn't miss. <laughs> Jakey has it. it there, are, there are players, man, that have it. They just have it. And you know the second they get the ball, they're going to sink their boot into it and it's going straight through the middle. Jakey has it. And you cannot underestimate the importance of that bloke and his danger in the middle and his danger to the opposition in the forward line. He's... If he doesn't make at least the All-Australian extended team, I'll be writing a very stern letter. <laughs> yeah, well, to play that much midfield minutes and have eight games where you've kicked three goals or more. Uh, and how old is he? Like, Jakey's running around like a pup. He's 27, is he? Twenty. I know. And, like, I'm, that's not – geez, man, when you say that, I'm 47. So, <laughs> so he's, he is a pup I'm, to you. Yeah. He is a pup to me, right? <laughs> but, I mean, he's running around like dead set. He's running around like he's a pup. And I often wondered, like, how long can we keep Jakey in the midfield running around like a pup when he's had some injury issues over the last couple of years? Like, but they must be looking at him going, and Jakey, he's, he's so happy. He's got his contract now, richly deserved. He's got his contract. He's back home with his missus. Jakey, I feel, is a happy boy at the moment, and he's running out and playing like a happy boy. And, and it's... I know it sounds funny. It is pleasing to know that a couple of weeks he signed that contract and his form almost went to another Through level. Through the roof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and But it is encouraging because, you, you know, uh, I don't think it was going to happen, but you did have that little fear that does he, you know, does a player a little bit settle? Like, oh, great, it's well, done. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But, but he's very – but he's just as driven like the rest of the group. Like, he's just as engaged uh, as the rest of the group that to have success with these boys – there's a really – there's such a tight group, man. They are such a tight group. If um, you don't follow them on Instagram, go and follow as many of the boys as you can on Instagram. It is – it does bring a smile to your little face when you see them. Like last year and stuff when they were when they were losing big games of footy, man, I didn't want to look at them on Instagram because there was a lot of happy boys just having a swim on the Gold Coast after getting beaten and, and just in Adelaide after having to wander around Adelaide after getting beaten and not looking real upset about it. But now on Instagram, like they're just they couldn't be happier together in each other's companies, um, and yeah, it's 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 really really good to see. And how many years did Jakey get for? Uh, four was it three three four or three whatever it is. Yeah, like he'll be thirty right at, at that time. Three inside of three years, we should be seriously nudging for a, for a, um for a grand final. Oh no, might, might be four. Yeah, might be four. Sorry, sorry, I had a brain fade there. I think it might be four or three with an option or kind of thing, but. Um, look, I had him as best on ground. I had I had my second uh, as Darcy Parish, uh, and you know, twelve score involvement, six clearances, thirty odd possessions, uh, twelve score involvements. It's just you just say that so casually, but but yeah. he's kicking 
for this game was as good as I've seen him kick the ball. Uh, it was, yep. it was, it was merit like. And you go, man, if this guy goes, if this guy goes to another level skill wise, yeah, it's over. It's he's, <laughs> it's, he's it's, a very good footballer at the moment, right? Um, Darcy Parish, like he's he's an A grader at the moment. On that season, you couldn't call him anything else. If he backs that season up again next season and starts putting in 34s and 17 kicks, 17 marks, and seven uh, 17 handball, sorry, and seven marks, right, at 80% efficiency, he's going to be elite. If he does this again next year, consistency of this form will take that kid from an A grader to, um, to merit level elite. And I can't wait for next season. As much as I've loved watching him this year, I can't wait for him to come back next year and do it all over again to show everybody exactly what he is capable of. No, well, I mean, it, we've done all the superlatives. We've done so many shows on Darcy. It's just insane. Uh, it's, it, uh, but I don't I don't ever want to undersell it, man. No. I mean, it's it was, week in, week out. How he thought through that game was as good as he was as, as he's done this year. He was, mate, it's just some beautiful 40-meter passes and nailing them, just drilling them. I was like, oh, my goodness, if this starts And got on the then, scoreboard again? Yep. Um, or did he? Oh, he kicked um, a point, I think. Get the point. Okay, I thought he got one, but um, yeah, just Darcy. You, you, we, we could do a show on the man. So Zach Merritt again, right behind him. The dynamic duo, thirty-one touches, seventy-one percent um, efficiency. Just he is our best midfielder. He, damn, he looks good when he is up and about. No, well, it's crazy to think that if Parish and Merritt have have a combined seventy-five possessions this week against Collingwood, then it's the all-time. Most by a pair, a, a midfield pair. I mean, that's yeah. that's how insane the year's gone. So I'm, you know, just keep Darcy. I mean, Darcy had 43 against Collingwood and Anzac. I know, right? man. Like that's <laughs> that's that's half the job. Oh, gee, 75 would be a bit tough, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 37, 38, but uh, yeah, but, that's a uh, that's a hell of a game by a pair of blokes right there. <laughs> but I mean, it just shows you though, just for them to be in that conversation, it's just a, an insane. They've just combined so well together. Have we had a better pair of midfielders at Essendon Footy Club? Like, no, sorry, let me rephrase that because it's, sorry, I I just put Darcy in the same breath as as Tim Watson and all those guys, right, (laughs) trying to compare. So that was was a bit silly. In in recent history, no. Yeah, sorry about that. That was a bit silly. I think Joe was like a lone kind of midfielder. Yeah, Joe was was a lone guy. Um, But like seriously, we haven't had. Jason Johnson probably is the next... One yeah. that would go, I'll go. That's that was a two two guys that complement each other perfectly. But these guys, one thing I notice with them is how well their handball drill is. Like they are so yeah. how well these guys move without the ball to set up a handball chain, uh, and just be in the right spot. Like they set up like these little triangles everywhere and they yeah. just and and they just have this bump no, handball, 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 and they're out. And that just constantly happens where they have, you know, I saw it the whole preseason and it was, I think I even said at the end of the preseason, they're just doing handball and handball drill and just to get out of traffic and, and to get us launched. Uh, and it's a little bit why I played that clip at the start of the show, the audio clip. That's the exact why. It was the end-to-end handball chain. And that was what I saw preseason. And it, and it feels like, they just know their game so well now that it's becoming second nature. They're all being in the right spots and, and teams are finding it really hard to stop. And they're supporting each other. 
Big time. With that run, there somebody does the hard work to get that ball out. That squeezes a little handball out to to Shield who takes off. They're just looking up. They're looking up, and there was I think last year there was glimpses of that, or even at the start of this year there was glimpses of handball, but we over handballed it. We just we just we got the ball and just immediately handballed it to the next person right next to us because that's I think what we were told to do. Handball to advantage is the change this year. That's the thing, right? Like that's the everybody is supporting everybody. That run from from back to front was a guy got the ball, spun out, got a handball. A guy ran diagonally across him, got the ball, gave it forward to another guy who gave it. The guy was running past him. It's about as pretty as it gets when that stuff comes off. But the use of the lowering of the eyes with the little kicks out of the middle to guys advantage and stuff is just that first quarter we were bombing. We were bombing away and it was no good. But again, we were capable of making those changes. We lowered our eyes and we went back to our game plan. You win by 10 goals. And look, uh, just on Zach Merritt, uh, two and a, two and a half minutes to go in the game, right? So the game's dead. Two and a half minutes to go in the last quarter. Yep. We're up by 68 uh, it's a dead game. Merritt sprints 50 metres to just contest a guy on the boundary line and affect his kick. And, and you know, the commentator said it. Like, that's, you know, that's two and a half minutes to go on a dead game. And this guy sprinted 50 metres just so he could half affect the kick. It got the turnover, Redmond marks. Uh, and it, it defined to me that play, the Essendon Football Club. And, and a little bit of Zach Merritt, obviously, too. But it's small things, but it was it was amazing to watch him just sprint that far. Uh, and poor, he ran past Heppel. It was quite funny because Heppel was gone. His legs were gone. Yeah. Uh, and he just sprinted past Heppel on the play and just somehow, just somehow got to him just in desperation. I thought, that's that's you know, there's seconds left. I mean, that's just brilliant, man. That's And the, that, the coaching staff will have that on repeat. Yeah, that's, like they'll, they'll get that clip and they'll email it to everybody and say this, this is what I'm talking about. This level of effort, this level of gut running, yeah. throwing up at three-quarter time kind of gut running is what it's required to win an AFL premiership. Yet, unless you've got Voss, Ackermanis, Lappin, Lynch, and all these guys where you just dead set win it out on sheer talent, you've got to work your butt off. And we are. We're yeah. chasing, we're, we're scrambling, we've sorted out the running backwards on D thing. Um, people aren't doing that to us anymore. So, yeah, I, I agree. It's the it's the leaders like um, Merritt that are doing stuff like that, which has got to inspire um, the other guys at the club and, and inspire Jakey to do the same thing. I've never seen Jakey chase after blokes as much as I have in this, this year, season. Yeah, it's very true. It's a good point. He's, he's chasing dudes. He's trying to tackle them. He's... Busting out of tackles, mate, brilliant. Now, um, mate, oh, sorry, go ahead. So, well, you were probably going to go the same thing. I was going to say there's two guys off halfback that both had 30 possessions, Nick Hind and Mason Redman. Uh, you know, again, players Incredible. that are Incredible. just – Yeah, again, players that – I mean, there's one guy, obviously, we've traded in, used to play VFL, tried a forward spot in St. Kilda. He was a half-decent VFL player, yep. And now he's – a gun half back. I, he's had a better year than 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 Sadi, and and that's not, easily uh, easily. And that's you know Sadi's a fantastic player. That's not even a put down Sadi. I rate Sadi. Yep. I love Sadi. That's but he's just playing that well. Like it's just to for for 
you know, for 20 cents change, man, that we've got. I know, and I'd, I'd argue that Hindy is a better disposer of the ball than Sadi was. I yeah. love Sadi, man. He was, he's, he can run with anybody. He's the fastest dude running around. No one catches him. Great off halfback, right? Gave us a lot of run. But Sadi has one speed and one kick. That's all he has. He has sprint for 15 to 20 and then sink that left boot into it as hard as he possibly can. Now, that's great because the ball comes into our forward line and it's all good things and well done, Sadi. But Hindy is, he's also in the back line, right on the back, um, full back line, mm. helping Jimmy Stewart out and helping Ridley out with those scrambles because yeah. the ball's on the on the, the square and they're scrambling and, and Hindy will just get that nice little kick out to somebody to relieve a bit of pressure. I'd argue that Hindy is a more skillful player than Sadi, football player than Sadi. Sadi has probably better um, physical attributes, but as a football player and a disposer of the football and thinker, Sadi, I mean, sorry, uh, Hindy is, is, I believe, better. Is, so, yeah, just an that, incredible pickup. He's at 83% this game. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's 21 kicks handball. That's eight handballs. That's not, you know, 20 handballs. That's, yep. he, he's, he's done it well with his foot. So, and then Mason Redman. Mason Redman. How's good that pass? Did you see that pass? He hit the most perfect daisy cutter pass. Oh, into the ever. forward line, yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I love Mason. I love his angriness. I love his sledging. I love his I competitiveness. Wish, I wish Devin Smith could watch him because Mason applies a level of angry that is perfect. In the right way, yeah, yeah. Perfect. He's just He does not want you to touch the ball. No, you can't have it. Bad luck. <laughs> and he just uses that angry to just, but then he, he's so, he's so calm back there. He's smart. He makes good decisions. He runs. He's got good size. Mate, when we, when he came back, he has gone from strength to strength. Yep. And then, and then you've got the guy next to them in Jordan Ridley. So just, <laughs> again, he's like Parrish and Merritt. What do you say about him? Yeah, it's just like what it, it really just does Ridley things, and 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 it should never be taken for granted. But unfortunately, it almost feels like it is because, it, I mean, the the hand where the mark we had almost his hands around the, his opponent in front of him and just marks the ball. Just, just it's man, so you're, hard you're, to do, man. It's so, so hard to do. You are so good, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> and like you know, you know, Parish or Merritt are going to win the um, Crichton, um, and that's cool. But someone like Someone like Ridley or someone like Laverde or something, geez, man, like you, you could give the Crichton to Ridley. His season has been outstanding and it, it, would, it wouldn't matter, right? But you could, you'd, he just does Ridley stuff every week. And it, it, again, you could go on about it forever, but bless that bloke and the fact that he's, he's what we hoped he could be. Because he was a late pick too, wasn't he? He wasn't like sort of super early in the draft. Ridley? He yeah. Was like- from memory, 20? 26, 28, kind of 27 or somewhere. I was just about to say, um, and like, what a what a player, man! Like, he's dead set, he's mm. a top 10 draft pick now, yeah. like the way he's playing. So, this sort of leads me into what I wanted to talk about. About we've got our superstars, man, we've got Parrish, we've got Merritt, uh, but then the, the difference in this game and the reason why we, we beat them by 10 goals, in my humble opinion, is that then we have Nick Hind and Mason Redmond who have th- there is they have no um, reason to have 30 possessions each. Like they shouldn't (laughs) off halfback. They shouldn't be having 30 possessions each, right? It's just, it's a bit silly for halfbacks to have that much, but when you get 30 possessions out of those blokes and then the next group 
Ridley, Shield, and Heppel, and Snelling, and Durham, for that matter, mm. all in the 20s. That's where you get the support from the next level of players down. Yeah. That's it. That's how you get that extra boost that gives you the 10-goal win. Instead of a couple of games ago, it was half the side was on single-figure possessions. You can't win. Parish and Merritt can't do it. And Jakey can kick 100 goals, and he's, we're not going to win it. But when you've got... 23 out of, sorry, 21 out of Shield, who's just ticking along beautifully. Heppel, great. Snelling, 20. Durham, 20. That really supports the other guys. When you've got, for me, and this this will come to fruition in a couple of weeks with McGrath as well, when you've got quality coming back into the side and, you know, say like Heppel and, and Shield coming back into the side recently, when you've got quality as your backup, kind of rotation, either midfield or halfbacks, uh, you go up another level because when the when the parish and merits are off the ground, you you're not, you know, it's the shield and it's the it's the you know, eventually it'll be the shield, it'll be the McGraths. It will be it'll be Heppel running high off half back through the middle. It, it, that second tier, you're not losing much. Like you no, you've, you've got quality coming through right behind them, and that's that's when you're talking Richmond, Western Bulldogs. You know, you're starting to talk of those those teams where you go, you know, when they really you know bonds off or anything like that. You know, on comes McRae and on comes Dunkley, and on go, yeah. and you're not losing much. And that's we getting those guys back from injury just gives us that extra layer of depth, but of quality depth. Uh, and, and Shield coming in, Heppel twenty. Snelling 20, Durham. I mean, Durham's come in and just he's given us 20 touches, at which and good touches too. I mean, oh, he was 85%. Fantastic. Durham on the wing was a – It was great. It was fantastic. He's. I hope – look, I don't know yet, but I hope he wins Rising Star. He should – for me, that was a Rising Star kind of game. That was 20 possessions, one goal, one. And I'll uh, tell you what, we're going to have to pay that kid some money at some stage, I reckon, because he's – geez, there'll be, be a few teams at the end of the year probably thinking – the Bombers have shown us what he can do. We might like to pinch him because he's a very good player, man. Nothing wrong with him at all. Thank you very much, Big Red Fire Engine. Um, but, yeah, that that next level after that even with Jakey Stringer with a lazy five goals one who outscored the entire Gold Coast side, um, 19 from Jakey, 17 from Laverde. Again, another decent 16 from Cutler. Jimmy Stew was 16. And then, again, look, the, the guys got involved. Francis, 15. Guelphie, 15. Clark, 15. There's, there's a lot of contributors, wasn't there? Just in every yeah. I mean, I, I know it sounds funny, but Matt Guelphie's two goals and his pressure and, he, and you're like, it's just you could name off in this game 20 players that played good roles. Uh, and, look, I can't even wipe off because I've had such – I've been so critical of him over the year. But I, I'm, I'm the first one to say – Tom Cutler deserves some praise because he he led our team in sprint efforts. He was the fastest player recorded on the ground, uh, you know, and so he he's athletically gifted. There's no doubt about that, but he's decided uh, to use that gift to the advantage of our club, uh, and he's using the ball a lot better, uh, and now he's playing solid footy, uh, and there's just continually, like you said, there's continually these roles uh, that p- players are, are contributing to to a win, uh, and no one, ha- not everyone has to get thirty possessions, but they're just having so much 
small contributions or playing their role. Well, Will Snelling led our side and tackles again. He ran yep. he ran the most out of anyone on the ground. He ran 15 kilometres uh, to to put as much perceived pressure around the ground as possible. And and that's what I mean by clarity of roles. People know what they're in the side for and they're doing it. And that game against the Suns was like a machine, just operating, just like we're just going to wear you down and overrun professional, you. Just a professional team that like they just – they could have been playing anybody in that game, to be frank. They would have gone – their attitude was such like the first quarter, again, no team's perfect, but the first quarter wasn't real special. So they flicked the switch and they realized and they made adjustments and then they were just clinical, clinical professional football side. And you're right, I, 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 I feel very strongly about the fact that we've got A-graders, we've got our elites in Merritt and Parrish and we've got elite in Jakey Stringer and we've got that initial midfield group, which Jakey probably wasn't supposed to be in, but he is now. Um, and then you've got Shield, who's who's still finding a way when Parrish and Merritt have got every possession under the sun, he's still finding a way to get twenties and, and, and decent contributions. And then, like you said, Tommy Cutler, who's positioning himself now and doing what, putting himself in, in places on the footy field where his talents can be used. He's not a contested beast. He's a runner. He can kick well, and he's putting himself in places. That way you get your 15-odd touches out of him. And Alex Waterman, you, you, he's bobbing up for a couple of goals like we need. So, mate, I, I the, we, can, we could go through for the, for the rest of the podcast and just praise footballers because there was genuinely nobody that was off last night. I mean, Peter Wright backed up seven goals with one point, um, but – Again, nothing was wrong. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have a dog of a game or anything. We just Jakey went nuts, and yep. we got five out of Jakey. So thanks very much. Now I'm going to make an all Australian pitch to a player in our side, and I we spoke about him for about ten seconds at the start of the show, but I'm going to mention this guy again. This guy has kept Ben King goalless, Lance yeah. Frank, Lance Franklin to two goals, Nick Larky goalless, Tom Hawkins two goals, Tom McDonald goalless. And Jack Darling one goal. They're your prime forwards in the AFL, uh, and Jaden Laverde has mauled them. <laughs> yep. Uh, so you know, I think I think the only Tom Hawkins one was I think was a switch halfway through the game. So that's probably a little bit more vague. So, but outside of that, he's he's played uh, incredible, 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 and it's getting to the point where, as a pre-selection for the top forward in the All Australian. I think he actually deserves to be in the conversation, to be honest. He has to be, man. He, he has, has to be. Because he, he's, he's you know, there's always a, this funny argument about who's had a better year, Ridley or Laverde, and I kind of don't even tie into it because I, I just want to celebrate both. But both are, are so unique in, in their different skill sets and different way. Jaden as a stopper has been so elite. Uh, and, and, you know, it's funny. Like, it's I don't know the guy... I've, I've only said hi to him at a function. That's about it. And I feel strangely immensely proud of him. <laughs> like um, yeah, like I'm know, his right? brother. Uh, because he had a wretched run with injuries. Uh, and they found a role. He's played his first year ever with uh, with continuity. And and I'm talking about a guy being, he should be you know, thought of as an All-Australian. That's Absolutely. And... All credit Who to should him. they have asked, Scotty? Who should they have asked about Jaden Laverde? Oh, um, uh, Fletcher's dad. 
That's it. Can yeah, he punch yeah. him, mate? If can he, can he punch her? He said, yeah, that's it. Dustin told us that he told the club years ago that, no, you got to play this guy off half back. He's going to be a great defender. So he, yeah, he I think saw he coached it. him. Yeah, he coached him when he was young. And uh, you should have seen the look on Dustin's face when um, when he said it. Like he said, oh, my, my dad's been down there telling him you got to play this kid off half back. Mm-hmm. And I don't suppose they've been going, ah, look, what does the old man know? Like, we don't care. But they've played him down there, and I, I, I sincerely hope Ken and Dustin, for that matter, are sitting there smiling because Jaden was born to play halfback. Like yeah. he really was. Like he's, I've in the in the times when we've seen Jimmy Stewart struggle a little bit because Jimmy's been a he's been a forward his entire life. We've seen him struggle every now and then because he's got to learn an entirely new craft. We just have not seen that from Jaden. Not once. Yep. Have we seen? Um, have we seen him like? struggle because oh he's in the wrong spot or a forwards got hold of him. I mean I think Ben Dixon got hold of him and, and Hawkins got hold of him because they he's given him 20 kegs probably and a few inches of height. So there's no doubt that those monsters are going to get hold of him. So mate hugely hugely impressed with Jaden. So we're gonna go for another quick break. We're going to have a break and uh I want to cover a bit of Essen news that's been happening in the last week or so just because we we haven't mentioned things like the Ambrose and a few other things so I thought yeah. it would just be good to cover a few subjects uh just to tie in things that have been happening at Essendon so we'll talk to you after the break okay Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, Scotty, um, what did you want to have a chat about? Yeah, just a few things that have been happening at the club. I realised we hadn't actually brought up a few things recently. And, and, you know, I just thought I'll just run some topics through and get your thoughts, Grant. But uh, firstly, uh, Paddy Ambrose, a big congratulations on a a fantastic career. It's funny, coming off the conversation that we had with Jaden Laverde, uh, really, 2019... Paddy Ambrose was in this kind of form. Like he was the, yeah. he, he statistically was the best shutdown defender in the AFL. Actually, statistically was recorded that year. He he's won um, uh, most courageous player twice at the club. Uh, if you needed a physical contest or a guy to pummel into the ground, uh, oh, and, and, but run all day whilst doing it. Yeah, he was the guy to do it. Uh, so, uh, look, an incredible athlete. Uh, he's had a, a bit of. He has had some misfortunes with with injuries. There's no doubt about that. But especially because he's so physical. But you know, I, I loved one of the players who sent him an Instagram message and say the best thing you can say is that you you left nothing you left nothing on the park, and that's what yeah. your that's what your career is, Patty. And I couldn't agree more. He's the kind of player that just he gave everything he possibly could to get what he could out of himself. And I love those kind of players. So. Instant respect. Like that guy walks into the club for the rest of his natural life. Instant respect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He reminds me of kind of of that Buddha hocking kind of feel. Like you, he got, yeah, he got everything out of, of himself. Club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so soul of the club. I, I wanted to just shout out to that. Um, Channel 7 News tonight just had a, an update that Hooker and Hurley are still deciding on what their futures will be, that Hurley's had still not – overly um, over his hip uh, complaint and they're just – so I'm not going to say whether they should do it. This, that's their call, so I'm, that's not, not, I'm not going that way at all. But um, 
it'll be interesting if if they do retire how the club handles that. It's a very it's a very tricky period when you've got a game coming up that you have to win to play a final. Uh, so it, it, you know, I know there's there's some talk. You know, if Hooksy announces retirement, do you play him? It's very tricky. I I don't think there's a right or wrong answer um, to this. So, but no doubt, whatever happens to those guys, if if by any chance they do say they are going to uh, retire, then boy, uh, you know, those guys should be honoured incredibly. Talking about talking yeah. about blokes that got everything out of themselves, yeah. like Hooksy was picked number eight million or something like that, and. Hurls was every inch of the pick five that we got him for. Um, you, He was loyal to the club, even though we screwed 30-odd of them over. He was very loyal to the club. I know for a fact that Collingwood offered that bloke the kitchen sink, Victoria Park, and Eddie Maguire's fifth holiday house <laughs> to go over to Collingwood in the middle of the saga, right? As soon as Paddy, left, uh, uh, Paddy Ryder left, it was the oxygen thief, Carolyn Wilson was saying this, that's it. The exodus happens at Essendon and Hurley and hooker for that matter, who also would have been offered the kitchen sink by Frio and um, WA. They hung with the club and they put in effort right up to the end. Those two blokes deserve to be on a wall um, somewhere at Essendon. Yeah. And, and I'm not retiring them. So please don't jump down. our throat. it's just, it's very hard one when it's the last round and I don't know what they're going to do. We don't have a show before, before the last round, so it, it, I'm just saying, it, just in that scenario, if they if they play on, all good, no no issues. It's that that's their right. Uh, uh, but more, just uh, you know, if if they do choose to retire, uh, I, one thing I I I remember. It sounds funny. I was in Queensland, and and um, the the 34 players, uh, all that stuff had happened. The suspension, uh, and I remember just uh, I was just in my text message and I got a tech sorry I was just in a car and I got a text message and just say just letting you know that Hells and Hooker are gonna are not leaving the club actually and they're gonna recommit um, to the club yep. and it was one of the most happiest days of my life just getting that text uh, just knowing that they're going to commit to the club because. I think people forget the turmoil that was happening then, the contracts that were getting offered, but Absolutely. also but also the turmoil that was happening around our club and the coaching. You know, is he you know is he going to coach going to get sacked and all that sort of you know all that stuff. And it was a very unknown place, and they just said, "No, we're sticking with Essendon. That's our home." And we're sticking with the boys and the rest of the players yeah. of the club. And Paddy felt like he had to leave for whatever reason. He had to leave and bless off your pop, Paddy. Um, but yeah, the 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 fact that especially Hurls and Hooker, for that matter, who Hooker would have been offered anything. Frio haven't had a full forward in their entire since Clive Waterhouse, right? And they would have offered Hooksy anything to go home, back to WA. And I know for a fact that Hurls was offered everything at Collingwood. Like you could possibly offer everything to Hurls was offered him to go to Collingwood, and they both said no. So if they don't get a game, um, if Hoxie doesn't get a game to, uh, on uh, on Sunday, which, by the way, as I read Facebook, is locked in Sunday at three twenty, I'm I yeah. believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he doesn't get a game on Sunday, it, it will be, I think. Again, Scott and I were talking about this. It will be reflective of the fact that the season is still live for us. The season is still live for Essendon, and if we're a hundred percent honest, we pick our best side to beat Collingwood to guarantee a spot in the eight. 
Yep. And if it's not Hooksy in that side, then I, I personally will understand because we've got to pick the best side to win that game. We've got to become a ruthless pro- uh, professional team. If he doesn't go on next year, mate, Hooksy, you're a dead set legend. And Hurls, well, what can we say? Like you, you, If you play next year, mate, I'll, I'll be the first person to praise it. But if you don't, what can we say? You're an utter legend. Yeah, exactly. So uh, shout out to them. Uh, Kane Baldwin uh, signed on for an extra year. Great news. Excellent, yep. Adding on to that um, was really interesting news that came from a scratch match. So on Sunday morning, the Swans, the Suns and the Bombers basically got all the rest of their players that were available um, to do a joint Scratch match, you know, uh, so it's competitive. They kind of pick two sides. Obviously, Essendon, most of Essendon's players was on one side um, and it's kind of probably a combination of Swans and Suns, if that makes sense, Um, just to get some of their key players. And I like when teams do that, just helping out each other. Great. Yeah, just get some movement in the legs. We opened up Windy Hill. Now, apparently, it was a really competitive match. Like, it's actually, you know, because I realized with the Swans and Essen, right, there's roles up for grabs. So I, yeah. I heard from the grapevine, <laughs> I'll just say, uh-huh. that it was a quite a competitive match. Um, now, Colwell and Kane Baldwin has both played a half of game. Obviously, one coming from a hammy, one coming from 14 months from a knee reconstruction. Yeah. So Kane Baldwin's kicked two goals and laid heavy tackles. I think he's assisted in three goals. Uh and Caldwell pretty much dominated the, the half he played. Uh, so, yeah. It's, encouraging, man, isn't it? It's very encouraging. Yeah, it is it's it is super encouraging. Um, uh, yeah, it's – I can't wait for next Jeez. year, man. I, Mate, can, I right? cannot wait for next year. If you've seen the size of Kane Baldwin, by the way, just look him up. He's, look him up. he's a big unit, that kid. Yeah, he's, he's, he's young, but he's, he's definitely not – you know. He's a lump is what he is. And, geez, man, Jonesy, Wright, and Baldwin. Ooh, geez, I like it. So, yeah. I like it a lot. It's really positive to have um, that kind of development. Now, I know uh, Tip and Woody was more doing a fitness program at the hangar. He didn't play. So he's on a kind of like a 10-day program, fitness program. So he did a lot of running drills um, at the hangar. I do know that because um, – yep. Uh, do you know how we actually have a scout? How's this? Who actually just lives opposite the hangar? Like he, his front window is looking at the hangar. Oh, really? Yeah. So we can actually ask him, go, hey, is someone training there? I'll, just, I'll look out, you know. Yeah, let, me just, yeah. let me just look out the window. <laughs> yep, he is. Oh, look, He's damn a... it. I'll, do, I'll have to walk across the road. Yeah, that's so, It's not a bad source, that one. Um, so, yeah. yeah, he saw Walla training and doing a running program. So that was that was kind of Good. cool to see. Um, and obviously, um, Jonesy's. Uh, doing some running around, doing laps uh, at the moment. So, look, no matter what happens uh, this year with finals, um, it does tell me, gee, it's shaping up that when this group gets together in the preseason November that we're going to have a very healthy list. Like, uh, it feels like everyone's coming back. <laughs> like, a, yeah. our list, you know, um, gee, you know, if the v, if this was round three, I'd say the VFL team would even look pretty damn good <laughs> at the moment. Because Absolutely, man, and that's that's why I have hooks in. Man, I, I I just hope we finish off the year well. Like if we get get beaten that first round, man, I I'm okay with it because I'm not okay with it. But I just I, I 
If we get beat, I just want the guys to concentrate on what an incredible job they've done inside of 12 months. This doesn't usually happen. Mm. It takes years for Carlton to, although Carlton are PWO for them. Um, but Carlton was supposedly rebuilding and the dogs took ages to rebuild. And we, we've all but done it inside of 12 months. Like we've, we've really turned around the club. So that's why I want the boys to finish on a positive note. Yep. to just finish the season off strong. And then, like I said, um, thanks to the name that shall not be spoken, um, we'll go to Wobby's World for a holiday or yep. uh, Gumbaya Park or something like that, <laughs> and then back next season and start all over again. I'd, I'd love to do that. It will be a bit, a bit limited the end of season trips, won't it? <laughs> I don't know. That, I mean, and the boys will be going... We, can, we can't actually go and, anywhere. And a bit like, of humour. Where would where would you be your choice for end of season? Go and buy a park. No. Because um, <laughs> it is Victoria, isn't it? It's, it's, it is. There's no way you're leaving anywhere, mate. So, uh, so let's, let's probably. Would you say it would. Oh, and well, it depends what limits there are and how far you can travel too. But I this guess. is the thing, man. Like, it's what, what time is it? What, what, what's the time? It could be, Ring, like, it could be Ringwood Lake. Um, I said, mate, it could be Ringwood Lake. It could um, be uh, the Botanical Gardens and a lovely little picnic. Yeah. Um, but if you live in, uh, if you live on the the north side of town, you won't be able to go to there. So can you said it's going to be. You a, pitch, can you pitch a tent at the hangar, like, mate? <laughs> just, just have just, some, have some, you know, marshmallows on the, fo- the party pies, <laughs> mate. You know what they should have? Pie night. You know what they should have? Pie they night. should have a good old fashioned end of season pie night. <laughs> I love those. Have a <laughs> pie night, baby, and that that would be great. Soft drink pies. How many can you eat? Um, in one setting, 12 is my my record at the South Corner Footy Club. Um, but, yeah, that, that I just hope that the guys can concentrate for one more round and then one more round after that and then one more round and then one more round and win a final. But, um, yeah, for, for the end of season, I just hope they can reflect on what they've achieved because yeah. it's massive. Yeah, so uh, before we leave, um, uh, for our Patreons, and, and this isn't, you know, I'm doing a, a mini salesman job here, but I think it's, you know, I actually think the $3 a month to be a Patreon is, is, is really good value. Uh, and I'll tell you why even more so. Uh, on Thursday nights, we do a team selection show, right? And me, yep. and, me and Grant, pretty much as the teams roll out, we get we, we get on and we talk about the team. We talk about the changes and in, in the team coming up. Tactical stuff, you know, opposition, what, who's, what's going to happen, how do we think we're going to win. This Thursday night, we are going to do the team selection show and discuss Collingwood with Kevin Sheedy. The whole show, mind you. <laughs> yes. Kevin Sheedy is actually going to join our team selection uh, panel and talk about how we can beat Collingwood. So, And this is, this is a hilarious statement because it seems like the world's biggest understatement. But we're joined by Kevin Sheedy with expert comments. Like yes. the ultimate expert commentator is going to be joining Scotty and I this coming Thursday on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the lunchtime catch up. Come and check us out. There's tiers available um, for different uh, um, uh, oh, tiers of support. Tears like crying. Sorry. Uh, tears. We're, well, I made, <laughs> we're, we're going to be on Zoom with Kevin Sheedy too, which will be just hilarious to be looking at the man, the great man on Zoom. But um, yeah, there's tiers. There's some uh, AFON members, VFON members, and that sort of stuff. Level tiers that get you different bits and pieces. But it's as cheap as three bucks a month. Three bucks a month for the Thursday night team selection show. Just happens to be, I mean, how many of those have we done, Scotty? Like hundred and hundred odd shows. 
Oh yeah, well, it's two as well. Two shows every week, and on the odd odd week, we do three shows. So it's, yeah, right. So um, it's uh, there's a hundred of those shows there. Extra as well. shows, so, I'll say. Extra shows. Yeah, extra shows. One. That's that's what I'm talking about, right? Like, so we do the Thursday night team selection show. We are very very stoked to announce that we'll have Kevin Cheedy, and then on top of that, and I haven't sort of listed it in the main uh, FB page at the moment, but our Patreons are going to get a special bonus show on the Friday. So special bonus show on Friday, which we're not telling you, uh, telling everybody about the Patreons. If you're a Patreon of the, of the, uh, of the podcast, go and check it out on patreon.com. I've put a post in there for our special Friday night um, bonus show. And then on top of that, um, we give you the after match review as well um, for that same three bucks. You get two extra shows a week um, from us um, for the Patreon. So go and check us out on Patreon. We love uh, all you guys over there supporting us. We love those extra shows, especially when you belt somebody by 10 goals. Yeah. The after match review is very, very fun to do. Yeah. And look, it's our way of myself and Grant to say an end of year, big thanks to all the Patreons and, and their support. So we wanted to do something special. Uh, when we talked about it, I must admit we didn't think Kevin Sheedy was a possible, but but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know it is, and uh, it'll be awesome just to to talk tactics with him and talking about the the current group and and how we can beat Collingwood and how a coach thinks. Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Like we 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 want to, we th- obviously we thank everybody that listens to the podcast as well. We, we've three years we've been doing it. We we just we can't believe the kind of stats that we're getting, which is incredible. But a massive thank you personally to the Patreons um, who support us financially that help us get the um, the PC to be able to do this and the microphones and that sort of stuff and and would have helped us get on a plane and fly to Gold Coast where we would have been doing. Um, in-person interviews and uh, uh, crosses live from the game and all sorts of stuff. But the name that shall not be spoken has said that we can't do that. So, yeah, that's that's where we leave with that one. But a massive thank you to our Patreons and all of our listeners, of course. Yeah, exactly. So, look, that's our show signing off. Uh, I'm Scooter on Twitter. You can also catch us uh, on Lunch Catch Up on Twitter. Uh, for release of the shows and get easy links and everything like that and information. Our Facebook group is taking off big time, so Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast Facebook group. Yep. Uh, Instagram, uh, we're on you. We've got a YouTube channel. Uh, and we're on Spotlight, Nine Tunes for audio stuff. So uh, we, we're everywhere at the moment, which is absolutely really nice. no. And we're loving that. We're loving the engagement through all of those platforms as well. So come and check us out on any of those platforms. So that's us signing off. Massive week coming up. We we play the old dirty Collingwood. Uh, let's poxy ridden bloody <laughs> club that they are. Just pox ridden. And and like we could beat Goldie by ten goals and pff, meh. Uh, it doesn't matter. I want to beat Collingwood by forty six goals. <laughs> yes. Like I want to destroy, crush, just bury all of those things Collingwood on the weekend. So boys, if you're listening to this. Just do it one more time for us. Do it one more time. Get yourself in the finals. Pump the dirty pies. Exactly. So thanks, everyone. Uh, thanks for your for um, your huge attendance. I mean, your, the listenership has gone crazy recently. Yep. So thanks again. This is us, Lunchtime Catch-Up, signing off, and go Bombers. See you, guys. <laughs>